As pro-life and pro-abortion eyes alike turn towards the state of Michigan um, in eager anticipation for the outcome of the upcoming constitutional amendment proposition, which will be voted on by Michigan voters, it's important to recognize that this isn't simply a Republican versus Democrat vote, that there are people who are voting Republican who might be tempted to vote in favor of this um, proposition. There's going to be people voting Democrat who are in opposition. Today, I'm joined by President of Democrats for Life in America, Kristen Day, to talk about a Democrat angle on this important legislation. Stay tuned. Hi, folks. My name is Cam. I am the host of the Pro-Life Guys podcast, a show dedicated towards equipping you with the tools that you need to have compassionate and compelling conversations about abortion. Um, Often we're talking apologetics. Often we're talking about how to have effective, winsome, meaningful conversations with your friends, family members, members of your community, whomever they may be. At times, we talk about stuff like today, talking a little bit of politics to talk about not only the intersection of education and politics, but also how you can get involved in changing hearts and minds in a very concrete and tangible way. For those who tuned in last week, I had a a very, very cool conversation with Trevor Polo, um, who is a leader and speaker within Protect Life Michigan, the coalitions that he and his group have been forming with other pro-life groups in Michigan, as they work to oppose a proposition um, which will be voted upon by Michigan voters in the upcoming um, state um, election, whether or not to enshrine abortion access and rights into their very constitution. If this passes, it would be an absolute um, massive loss for the pro-life movement. I, I can't even fathom how to put this into words. It would propel Michigan to the top of abortion access in America, be a, an abortion capital and state um, for the nation. It would undo so much incredible work that has been done. Um, even during the, the reign of Roe for so, so long, Michigan had been a leader in preventing um, abortions or, or having legislation to protect um, parental consent um, and that importance to have delay periods between um, when somebody first calls to book an abortion and when they can actually obtain an abortion. So there's an enforced waiting period in there. Other pro-life legislation um, that has been there and the trigger law that went into effect at the fall of Roe v. Wade at the Dobbs decision earlier this year um, that went into effect protecting even more children certainly wasn't all the way there. And yet this constitutional amendment would be an absolute overhauling of the pro-life efforts that have been there. And if you're anything like me, so I'm in Canada. Um, I've been, I suppose, a little bit naive in thinking that the abortion issue is can be simply um, characterized as a Democrat versus Republican. All Republicans are pro-life. All Democrats are pro-abortion. Um, whether a state has pro-life legislation or pro-abortion legislation is entirely dictated by simply whether they have a Democrat governor or senators or whatever it may be. Um, but in today's conversation, I'm joined by President of Democrats for Life, Kristen Day. Um, for a long time, I would have thought that's a contradiction in terms. How can you be at a, a Biden rally and support the pro-life movement? It seemed seemed impossible in my mind, but she speaks into that and how this is an organization that would never support a pro-abortion um, representative, whether at a state level or on the federal level, um, advocates on bringing pro-life Democrats into office, works on getting the pro-life party to be more democratic at the state and federal levels. And so a fascinating conversation with her and the unique angle that she's bringing into this fight for Michigan and Michigan children um, when it comes to the fact that um, pro-life 
doesn't mean that you have to be Republican. There are Democrats out there that are fully pro-life and they need to be mobilized to vote against this. There are people out there who support abortion in limited circumstances who should be voting against this amendment. There are people who would characterize themselves fully as pro-abortion who should be voting against this amendment. This amendment is one of the most radical that has been seen in America. And I think that Kristen does a fantastic job through this conversation, as you'll see in how we can speak into this conversation, how people in Michigan, how people helping with the Michigan effort can speak into this. This is not a time to debate um, Republican versus Democrat. I'm sure there's lots of podcasts doing that already. This is simply looking at a very fascinating coalition that's been formed for the protection of preborn children. So please um, stay tuned for this conversation. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Kristen Day, president of Democrats for Life. All right, folks, Kristen Day, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me on today. This is cool. I, I mentioned it off air. I didn't start the podcast to meet the leaders of the pro-life movement per se, but that's exactly what I've had the beautiful opportunity to do. And I've been crushing through your your profile, your background with Democrats for Life. Um, and while I'll definitely drop that link in the description below for anyone who wants to go beyond this podcast, I was wondering if you could bring us up to speed a little bit on your role within Democrats for Life and how you got plugged into a national organization that does a lot of not only nomination races and whatnot, but lobbying as well for politicians, particularly particularly within the Democratic Party. Sure. Well, I spent 10 years on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., and I worked for a couple, um, you know, Democratic members, but the, the last one I worked for happened to be a pro-life Democrat. And I was so excited to be able to work for someone who I agreed with um, mm. on this issue because it can be very difficult being pro-life in the Democratic Party. Uh, and early on, when I first became a Democrat, I just assumed that you had to support this abortion position to, to be a Democrat. And I always felt uneasy about it. So I ended up working for this pro-life member uh, of the pro-life Democrat. And uh, when I was pregnant with my first son, I uh, thought that was a good time to leave Capitol Hill because it was a lot of hours on Capitol Hill working. Uh, probably some, some weeks it was up to 80 hours. You know, you're there till very late at night and back very early the next morning. So I, um, I decided to leave and it turned out at that point Democrats for Life was looking for uh, someone to run the organization and open up an office in Washington, D.C. And I was just eager to, to jump on board. Very cool. Very cool. And I, I am sure that um, the entire organization is blessed to have you there. What What is a, maybe not a day-to-day -day look, but, but bring me up to speed a little bit on what operations with Dems for Life looks like when it comes to running this national organization. Now, I'm sure that it's more than just um, smoky barroom parlors um, with hush-hush meetings with politicians. I'm sure there's a lot of daily grind that goes into not only identifying, but also supporting and lobbying pro-life politicians. Sure, it's different every day and because there's new pieces of legislation popping up, uh, new candidates running, um, you know, new issues. So it's always, it's always different. No day is the same. Um, you know, we, we meet with uh, different and collaborate with different pro-life organizations. We, you know, we try to reach out to um, fellow Democrats and try to educate them on the importance of being more whole life on this issue and trying to eliminate this litmus test that, that is there for, for people who believe in the sanctity of life. 
So it's it's an exciting job. It's very, um, you know, uh, certain days it can be, you can feel so blessed to work with all these wonderful people. And on other days, you just feel so alone and you feel like you're the only one. So it, it's a, it's, it's a, been a, an experience for sure. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I'm, I'm sure that, that someday a book will have to get published and, and all of the, the inside scoop on what's going on. Um, to pivot a little bit towards the state of Michigan. So last week on, on this podcast, we interviewed um, Trevor Polo from Protect Life Michigan. Um, even reading your bio, you're, you're a Michigan girl, initially a Spartan, if, if I get it correct. I apologize if I offend. I, I think it's a Spartan, not a Wolverine. Um, you're, you're right. Don't mess that up. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure that's a, a touchy one. Um, bring us up to speed a little bit on what is happening, not not just in Michigan, because we, we were able to have a, a fairly thorough conversation with Trevor about um, the proposal that is happening um, November 8th, I want to say, um, yes. in Michigan. But as, as your home state, as your alma mater being in Michigan, maybe give us a little bit of context as to... Michigan culture and why Michigan may become something of a domino state um, with this proposal on the the ballot coming up here in just over a month time of recording here. Um, what is Michigan like just in general? And um, yeah, let, let's start on unpacking what's happening yeah. in Michigan and how Dems for Life are involved in it. Sure. Now, Michigan, first of all, is a great state. The people are so friendly. And after living in D.C. for a while, I went back to Michigan with my kids and we were driving up north and we stopped at a gas station and I hear this, hi, how are you doing today? <laughs> you know, just really friendly people. And it's like, where is that coming from? Um, so the really wonderful state. Uh, but it's also historically been a fairly strong pro-life state. So this vote is just so important to preserve the long-term, long-time views that uh, Michigan believes on protecting the most vulnerable. And so this vote is critical. Uh, we are, um, like the other states who have had uh, important votes like this, we as a pro-life movement face such a huge battle because of the funding from the other side. Mm -hmm. We yeah. are yeah. Uh, outspent 10 to one uh, on a regular basis when it comes to these issues. Because I would like to say most of the pro-life people are putting their money into the pregnancy support facilities and supporting pregnant women. Uh, and the abortion lobby is just getting a lot of money uh, to put into, I think they spent $9 million so far uh, on this issue in Michigan. And I think our side has spent like $150,000. do not quote me on those numbers, but I was looking at the, uh, the uh, finance sheets. So... Uh, you know, we're, we face a huge battle on this, but uh, a majority of people, if they actually knew what this proposition did, would vote no. But it's just the misinformation campaign that they're able to get out uh, could uh, make us lose this uh, this battle. But we are going to go up to Michigan. We're going to fight. We're going to fight to get this information out. We're going to fight to educate people and make sure they know what Prop 3 really does. Mm -hmm. And and so as much as Trevor covered this, could you reiterate for us, what is what is Proposition 3, what is this going to do to the state constitution, and what is it going to do for abortion in the state of Michigan? So this proposition will uh, basically enshrine the right to abortion and eliminate, as a Democrat, I can talk from a Democratic perspective, I was giving the point of view, like, would you vote for a constitutional amendment that basically gave the oil and gas industry the right to regulate themselves, allowed them to drill with no regulations, allowed them to have um, 
their their uh, factories set up with no health and safety regulations and no protection for workers. You know, this is exactly what this amendment will do for the abortion lobby. It will ha allow doctors to perform abortions with no oversight, no regulations, um, you know, no protections for women, no protections for girls from sexual predators. You know, there will be no reporting uh, of, uh, you know, if an older man brings a woman and a young girl in for an abortion repeatedly, there'll be no reason to report. Uh, and so it's, it's a really dangerous uh, amendment to pass to the constitution and very hard to overturn once you put it in place. So, it, and I think from a democratic perspective, like Democrats have to understand like this is not consistent with what we have fought for, for people. My first boss who lived in Michigan uh, actually passed the OSHA law, uh, which provided workforce protection, workplace protections for those working in factories because his dad died in a factory accident. So this is what we're supposed to stand for. Uh, we don't make carve outs for industry or for people who wanna make money. Uh, that's not who we stand for and that we need to educate Democrats that they should vote no on this for that very reason. That that makes so much sense, obviously, to me and, and I hope to our listeners as well. And I think that it, it's also a very, very fascinating, I, I can only imagine that it could be a fascinating approach because, again, this might be a, a naive Canadian speaking into this, but I... Am I, is it fair to say that many Americans, many people that we'll be talking to on um, doorsteps and on street corners are going to associate the pro-life issue more with, or the pro-life position more with the Republican Party than with the Democrat Party? And so do you think that this is a very cool opportunity for Democrats for Life to speak a, a bit of fresh air into this that, you know what, this isn't about voting Republican. This is because this isn't a ballot of voting for a pro-abortion Democrat versus a pro-life Republican or anything like this. This is going beyond the actual candidates that get elected, but rather a constitutional amendment. Do you feel that the Democrats for Life actually have a very, very powerful and special voice being able to speak into it from that direction? I really do, because we do have a unique perspective uh, on this issue, because we do look at it from a different from a different lens. It's not about, I know we can work with our pro-choice Democrats to pass health and safety regulations. We can do this together. We don't have to make it unsafe. And so we're always looking for common ground within our party to uh, help support women. Uh, and so in fact, we've been uh, working on a whole life package that we wanna bring to the uh, state legislature in Michigan to show what we can do for pregnant women. Uh, you know, regardless of what happens with this amendment, we have to focus on decreasing the abortion rate, making sure women know they have a choice other than abortion, uh, and ensuring that they have the ability to make that choice and not feel like abortion is the only answer. Absolutely. And, and as somebody, I'm, I'm sure that you've spoken to, to countless people about the abortion issue. This is arguably my full-time job for the last 10 years talking to strangers about abortion. It's amazing <laughs> how um, how unaware majority of people are about that support that is available, whether it's um, independent support NGOs, whether it's even government support through um, subsidized housing, through um, different work programs, different maternal support programs, that kind of thing. To You just see people's eyes open when they realize that there is an alternative to abortion. Um, as much as I've seen the TikToks and the Twitter videos of people um, taking abortion pills on the steps of, of the Supreme Court, my experience in talking to over 10,000 people, and I, I would anticipate that you would echo, echo the same sentiment, is that nobody wants to have an abortion, right? It, it's not as yeah. though 
Americans want abortion like they want um, any other frivolous thing. It's a matter yeah. of they want help. They want support. They want answers and solutions. And often the only solution that gets presented to them is abortion, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, you know, I've talked to, I've, sp I've spoken to women and men, too, um, who have had abortions, who regretted their abortions, who are grateful for the support offered to them. You know, I just heard so many stories. But one really, I will never forget a woman I met at the 2016 Democratic Convention. And she came up very angry with me. And to make a long story short, she actually went through her whole life story and was just angry. Um, and she started from miscarriages, divorced from her husband, you know, just this really lost her job and da, 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 went back to when she was 15 years old, had, an, had a relationship with an older married man who forced her to get an abortion. And she was, she has never healed from that. And I, I believe that I helped her because she was able to talk through this emotion. And we ended up hugging and I said, I'm really sorry for your loss. And she went on her way, but I mean, those are the type of, um, things that happen when women are forced into abortion they they have a hard time forgiving themselves and have a hard time getting over that loss so i think we can do so much better for women uh first acknowledging like the abortion side doesn't like to acknowledge that abortion does harm women it is harmful uh to not all women i'm saying there's some women who have the abortion and move on and don't regret it i'm not saying that it's everyone but there are a lot of women who regret their abortion uh and men in fact i received a call from a gentleman a couple months ago and uh he said it's a stain on his soul he he just couldn't cannot um get over that he forced his then girlfriend now wife of 20 28 years um, to abort their first child and he was the one who convinced her to do that. So it's it's such a difficult issue. We, we need to, pro-life and pro-choice, Democrat, Republican, we need to band together and show compassion and try to do the best we can to make sure women have every opportunity available. Absolutely, absolutely. One one thing that I often talk about on the show is how um, our, in our society, we there are so many problems that demand solutions, but those solutions can't involve killing an innocent child, in any innocent human, obviously. Um, maybe let's pivot towards Michigan in particular with regard to, you alluded to the, or, or mentioned the fact that um, the money streaming in from the pro-abortion side is um, far and above what is getting funneled in at this point from the pro-life side. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, and we're going to drop links below as to how people can get financially involved in supporting the efforts of the pro-life worldview um, in Michigan. Maybe share with us a little bit about what Democrats for Life are doing on the ground in Michigan and how people can get involved in these efforts to prevent the Proposition 3 um, constitutional amendment from actually coming into force in, in this um, kind of ballot time. Sure. So we have people on the ground now who are canvassing. Uh, we have a group coming in uh, the week of October 10th to help canvass, and we're going to hold a press conference on the Capitol steps in Lansing to just make a, a splash saying, hey, Democrats, you can vote no on this, and here's why, to, to share that message. And we're trying to um, letters to the editors, op-eds, uh, you know, and, and try yard signs saying Democrats vote no. Uh, just trying to give Democrats the information that they need to make the right choice on November 8th and stop this bad amendment from becoming permanent. Gotcha. 100%. And um, I, this is probably research that I should have done. I apologize before the episode. Um, the, um, the, it, it's a governor election or yep. the, the, the rest of the, the rest of the ballot is for the governor. Um, 
the the Democrat name on on the ballot. Is there any chance of getting any kind of support from them regarding Proposition Three, or is that a bit absolutely. of a, a lost cause she at this is, point? She is ab- absolutely horrific on this issue. Okay. She is probably um, the worst of the worst. Uh, okay. Mainly because she tweets every day that she's going to keep abortion legal in Michigan forever, and okay. uh, second, she for two years in a row she has cut and cut or she's cut uh, pregnancy support services out of line item. Not even she mm-hmm. line item. She took the time to line item veto pregnancy support and adoption support out of the state budget. So she is she has not um, been helpful to uh, a whole life worldview. Uh, she has one view, uh, abortion is really what she is running on. Uh, it's very disappointing to see. Gotcha. And so bearing that in mind, is that seeping its way into the conversation that, that your volunteers and team members might be having on doorsteps? Or are you keeping them separate entirely, that this isn't about um, who's running for governor, this is just about Proposition 3? I'm just curious, I guess. Uh, no, we have to keep that separate. We, you know, this, yeah. is, this is really, regardless, if, you're, if you support abortion or not, it doesn't matter. This is about... How do we, if abortion is legal, how do we at least keep it safe for women? We it has to be regulated. There has to be oversight. We can't have the fox guarding the hen house, and the abortion doctors determining, well, okay, you know, this baby should die and this baby should live, and you need an abortion at you know thirty weeks. Um, we just can't have that in any industry. Uh, you know, not just the abortion industry. There always has to be some oversight to protect people, uh, especially as a Democrat. You know, we can. You can say that we said we like we like I, I joke around and like have you ever met a Democrat who doesn't support regulation? So <laughs> who are the real Democrats here? I think it's us who say yeah. that yes, there should be regulation of the abortion industry. That's what a real Democrat would would say. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure there's been very, very fascinating conversations outside of the door knocking with all of the other volunteers, this coalition that you guys have been leading, bringing together here. I'm sure there's incredibly fascinating conversations that are happening behind the scenes outside of the abortion issue as well. Um, I I can speak on on my own behalf that that within our organization, even the Catholic Protestant divide obviously (laughs) manifests into lots of interesting conversations outside during lunch hours and whatnot. I can only imagine what the coffee shops sound like after you're done a, a door knocking shift as well but it must be a really cool opportunity even talking within the coalition talking about the different opportunities that can be found um beyond this current push um regarding the the life issue in general i suppose yes i mean we are working uh in virginia as well because the the newly elected governor is going to do a a 15-week limitation bill here and so we feel like we have an opportunity to put our tweak as Democrats on this bill and add a support package to the 15-week limitation bill. So we're, we're working everywhere trying to make sure that we don't forget, like if you, ban, if you limit abortion to 15 weeks, how do you support those women? You know, what, what, what do you have to put in place? What infrastructure has to be there? How do you make sure that the women are, have access to the resources that are currently available? So we're excited about these opportunities. Absolutely. I love it. And and so maybe as we start to wind down here, maybe I, I feel like a lot of people, unfortunately, in the pro-life movement, and, and I'm sure this might be a little bit different in the States now with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, but I feel like at times there's an attitude of where's the hill to die on? Where, why, how might this impact the abortion narrative and conversation be on, uh, depending on the outcomes of this ballot on November 8th, where do you see what what happens if the pro-life side is successful 
in preventing um, this constitutional amendment. And maybe after that, touch on what happens if this does go through? What could this mean not only for the state of Michigan, but even more so? What does this mean for other states that might now bear the the next step from Planned Parenthood and all of the other channels that are going to fund towards constitutional amendments? What does this mean if the if the no prevails, the pro-life worldview? And what does this mean if the yes prevails? You know, obviously we want the no to prevail, but regardless of the outcome, uh, we still have the same mission, uh, which we always had is our whole life mission. And, you know, one of the first, one of the things that we're most proud of is our Pregnant Woman Support Act that was signed into law as part of the Affordable Care Act, which provides grants to states to uh, come up with innovative ways to support women uh, into uh, supporting their pregnancies and bringing the child to term. Uh, rather than abortion. And so I think that will still be our mission, but it will be even harder, uh, I think, with these uh, really loose and unregulated abortion. Uh, So we will have to really focus on ensuring that women, even more that don't end up in an abortion clinic, an unsafe abortion clinic. So we really need to double our efforts to make sure that the resources get to those women before. Uh, And we also face the challenge of people like Senator Warren winding to shut down the pregnancy resource facilities. And I was thinking about this this morning uh, about, you know, how it's a corporation uh, and it's a corporate strategy to cut off a a competitor, essentially. Uh, So they want to deregulate the industry, cut off the competitor and ship more women like cattle into their abortion clinics. Uh, for dangerous, unregulated abortions. It's a really dangerous, dangerous time for women, uh, you know, when it comes to unplanned or crisis pregnancies, uh, if this goes through. Uh, so we just have to double efforts to make sure that we keep these pregnancy facilities growing. Uh, the numbers continue to grow, uh, continue to support them from any attacks and do what we can to make sure Uh, Again, we get the women to the places that will support them and not to the abortion clinics. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously, in, in this conversation, you're speaking to the choir. I'm, I'm all on board. I'm sure that all of all of the people listening, or the majority of them, I, I hope that there's the odd pro-abortion supporter who listens just to see what the pro-life guys are saying. Um, and, and hopefully they're listening well. Um, but, but how have you found this message to be received not only by people on the doorstep, but also I'm sure that you're getting requests from maybe not quite, quote unquote, hostile media, but but media that might be opposed to your message and whatnot. How, how do you find that they are responding to this very common sense approach to um, a very radical piece of, of um, constitutional amendment? Yeah, so I find when I talk to people, when you have these conversations, they're like, oh, well, I think I agree with you, you know, especially some of the, especially the abortion rights people. You know, I had conversations in front of the Supreme Court and there was a lot who just wanted to yell and didn't want to have conversations. But I did have a conversation with a young woman who tried to steal my sign um, that just said pro-life for the whole life. I'm like, oh, that's my sign. And she was trying to grab it. And she said, well, you can't be a Democrat. I said, well, why is that? And so I had a conversation with her and she was, and she walked away. She's, she was very confused because she's like, I think you sound a lot like the people on the other side. And she was very confused and I could feel her, like she kept looking back at me. Uh, so I think we, we, we have to have these conversations uh, with more conversations like this with people who are just coming into this movement or are just following the lemmings down the, off the cliff on this issue and just stop, sit back and think like we, we all, 
want to support women. We all want to, but think about what kind of support we want to give to women. Do we want to just advocate for abortion or do we want to look at this more holistically and say, wait a minute, maybe women don't want abortion. Uh, so yeah, these, these I've had some interesting conversations over these years for sure. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think of um, Christian apologist, Greg Kokel, who often talks about putting a pebble in people's shoe and, and how beautiful it can be to get somebody walking away with a bit of an air of confusion that, that I mean, it's beautiful. Praise God for anyone who changes their mind entirely within the span of a conversation. It's wonderful to see, but it's wonderful as well to see these people who walk away clearly still contemplating, what do I think on this issue? And I guess this is a, a very cool note for us to start wrapping up towards of what kind of support, what kind of training, how do people who might, whether they're longtime supporters of the Democratic Party, longtime members of, or silent members, they've, they've followed you guys on, on social media or whatever, uh, for Dems for Life, how do people get involved and how do people get trained on how to have these meaningful conversations about abortion from this particular vantage point? Right. Well, yeah. So if you are a member of Democrats for Life and you want to get more involved, please contact us at uh, democratsforlife.org is our website. And uh, my Twitter is at ProLifeDem. But yeah, so yeah, get, you know, contact us to get involved and we can help train you how to go into these situations and really have these really high quality uh, conversations with people in our own party. Because once you have that conversation, they realize that we're not so far apart on this because they just can't, once they get over that, we support women too. We all want the same thing. You know, like where can we find the common ground to do what's best? Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Kristen, for taking the time to join me. I will plug a bunch of that stuff down in the, the um, description below. Is there anything that I'm missing? Is there anything else that I should be asking you that I haven't yet that you want to share with the audience here? No, but if you are a pro-life Democrat, don't be afraid to speak out. You know, it's we, we need more uh, Democrats who support uh, life to, to speak out and not be shy about the position. I know it's hard, but once you do it the first time, it's easier, gets easier. Absolutely. And it's amazing how many other people end up coming out of the woodwork. As, some, as soon as somebody takes that first step, I'm sure that you'll be followed by other people who, who look over and say, huh, you too? Sort of yep. thing. And so this is phenomenal. Thank you so, so much, Chris. And I wish you all yep. the best with Democrats for Life. Everything that's happened in Michigan and everything else, Virginia, nationwide, everything that you guys have on the go. All right. Thank you so much. All right, folks, that's my conversation with Kristen Day, president of Democrats for Life. I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did. I found it very, very fascinating, the angle and approach that they're taking. I can only imagine, as I alluded to in there, how spicy the debates and discussions are outside of the actual outreach and activism. But I want to put together that, that same call to action we had last week for anyone who wasn't able to listen to last week's episode with Trevor Polo. Please. Please, please get involved. If you're in Michigan, not only vote against this constitutional amendment, but also get involved. Do some door knocking, get some petitions signed, get people active in your church, in your community, wherever you may be. If you're not from Michigan, can you get to Michigan? Can you help out for a day, for a week, for a little, for the rest of the time before the constitutional amendment? There's so much work that needs to be done. So many people that need to be reached in this truly David versus Goliath kind of situation where you've got these tiny um, but incredibly passionate and active pro-life entities trying to stand up against um, Planned Parenthood, the Democratic Party of America, and countless other um, pro-abortion entities, largely pro-abortion entities. Um, I think it's a very fascinating angle, and I hope that 
you are able to get involved in, in whatever capacity that may be. If you can get your boots on the ground, please do so. If you can put some money in that direction, please do so. If you can um, offer prayers and, and encouragement towards those who are on the ground, um, having the conversations, engaging with other people to, so as to defeat this pro-abortion um, agenda, please do so. Thanks, Tony. If you're new to the new to the show, please check out our other episodes. Go to ProLifeGuys.com, follow along on your favorite podcatcher, or check out our YouTube video, uh, YouTube channel, I should say, the Pro Life Guys podcast. Um, if you have ideas or suggestions, please don't hesitate to sh- give us a shout out on social media. Let me know what you would love us to cover on the show. Uh, I got a few more episodes coming down the tube from suggestions that I've gotten in DMs on Instagram and on Facebook. And so stay tuned for those coming out as well. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate you following. We are getting dangerously close to 100,000 downloads in the last two years, which is absolutely spectacular. I, I cannot, cannot articulate how humbled I am for your support, for your listenership, um, for all of the involvement that you have had. I hope that these um, episodes have helped you in your conversations. I mean, God bless you if you're, you're just listening week after week and you're never having conversations about abortion, but especially for those who are having conversations about abortion, I hope that these episodes are helpful. Um, let me know how they can be more helpful. Let me know which ones have been particularly helpful so that we can try to get even more content because that's the gig. That is trying to equip you with the tools that you need to change more lives, uh, change more minds, save more lives, and transform our culture together. So thanks a ton for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed Yet another background for me. Um, I'm in my new office here in Calgary. Uh, we have the same physical location, but I have been bumped to another office yet again. Uh, we've got some wonderful new staff coming in that made more sense for them to be in my blue office upstairs. Um, and so I am downstairs um, with many of our wonderful fundraising and admin team members, which is really cool. You can't see the rest of the room, which is full of boxes. Um, but hopefully there'll be a little bit better lighting in here for next episode if you're following along on YouTube. And regardless of where you're tuning in, thanks a ton. May God bless you abundantly. May you have a great rest of your day, however many hours are left and wherever you may find yourself. Mm.